Hi guys, welcome to season one of the To All The People podcast. This is your host, writer and best-selling author of To All The People I Love Before Loving Me, Janelle Roberts. I am so excited to have you here. Now, season one is all about being an FOD, and I know you're wondering, what is an FOD? So I'm here to tell you, FOD is a term coined by well-renowned writer, producer, and global icon, Shonda Rhyme. FOD means being the first, the only, and different, and I'm here to shine a light on the burdens of others and the cost that often comes with being the first, the only, and different. So be on the lookout for the 23-year-old politician on the front lines of the Roe v. Wade or the young black woman working on Wall Street or the influencer landing six-figure deals while discussing surviving white spaces and attending a predominantly white institution. This is your host, Janelle, and let's get right into it. I am so excited to have Nedche Vincent with us. Nedche is a Wall Street legal analyst, content creator, and UPenn alumni. Today we'll be discussing Wall Street, being black on Wall Street, what led her to work in a field such as, and her experiences as a woman working on Wall Street. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. And I'm excited to, you know, get chatting about all the things you just mentioned. I, I know when I, so I found you on social media because you were making like, bomb content <laughs> about your day in the life as a black woman working on wall street and when i saw that that was so interesting because i just i guess i never like connected the two because it really is such like a male dominant also a very right. white dominant industry yes. so uh, i want to know why wall street yeah why'd you choose wall street it made you want to get into working in wall street yeah so i think a lot of this just goes back to going to penn and going to UPenn in the first place. But before that, we'll go back to like being from Southern California and being raised by Nigerian parents because mm. it's like, I think everything in my life has just been like the butterfly effect, really. Yeah. Um, so I'm Nigerian from Southern California. I have the parents who are like, you have three career options. It's gonna be doctor, lawyer, or an engineer. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I'm not really, like I'm not good at math. I'm not good at science. Like I just don't think. Really? Well, any of the three are for me. Um, and I remember like I was in seventh grade and I told my mom I wanted to be a psychologist and she cried. Like she actually cried. Like I literally was in the shower one day at 6 a.m. getting ready for middle school. My mom comes in the shower like, I just have to tell you, I couldn't sleep last night. You're throwing your life away. And I was what? like, oh my God, like drama queen. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I just like to, you know, think about emotions yeah. and how people think. Yeah. And no, she wasn't having it. So that's how I was raised. Um, I got to high school and for extracurriculars, I did mock trial. And I liked mock trial because it was like acting and you got to pretend yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. and I like to argue. And I was <laughs> I like good. to argue. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. was pretty good at mock trial. So I was like, if this is what being a lawyer is like, all right, maybe yeah. that, that option is not too bad. So um, then it came time for college and my parents were like, well, mostly my mom was like, you're not going anywhere that's not California. Like you're, we don't have family here in America. We barely have family around in other states. So you're applying to schools in California. That's not how I work. I'm the yeah. second child, and I don't know, for people that have, like, that second yeah. kid in the family, like, they're the rebellious one. My older yes. sister was very by the books, like, listened to my parents, did everything they said. And I was like, mm, 
and I applied to like 20 something colleges. Yeah. Like, cause I, I was like, if I'm going to apply, I might as well apply everywhere. So yeah. I applied to Penn only because there was this kid in my high school who always talked about Penn. He would be on Twitter retweeting like the Penn page, like Locust yeah. Walk, like all of this stuff. And I was like, he's so obsessed with this school. When I was doing my list of 20-something schools, I added it on there. And I kid you not, that's the only reason I applied to Penn in, ter- in addition to all the other like California yeah. schools. So I get into Penn, and my dad, I tell my parents, my mom is looking at me like happy but like sad because she's planning to tell me you're not going because it's across the country. My, I call my dad who's at work, and he's like, how much is it? Mm. I said, damn, no congratulations. Right to the point. Because that's, no. a, that's a big school to yeah. get into. I was excited. I didn't expect it. I thought I was going to go to UCLA. I was buying yeah. UCLA hoodies in California, you know. And I got into Penn. So when I got to Penn, I was like, you know, pre-law. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm going to study political science. That's mm-hmm. what everybody else does. I don't know. That's what my older sister did. So I was like, I'll do political science. Yeah. And I remember like my first, one of my first few days there, some kid comes up to me and he's like, what school are you in? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I go to Penn. And he's like, no, what are you studying? And I was like, oh, I'm pre-law, like I'm poli-sci. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh. I said, oh, like, what do you mean? I thought like pre-law, like pre-med, like engineer. Yeah, I thought those yeah. were like the respected careers. And he was, I was like, what school are you in? And he was like, I'm in Wharton. And I was like, what's Wharton? And I have never seen somebody so disrespected in my entire yeah. life. He literally looked like I literally insulted his mother or something. He looked like, no, you did not just ask me that question. I didn't know what Wharton was when I got there. He's like, it's the number one business school in the world. How don't you know what Wharton is? Whatever. So that was like the Penn culture. Like you walk around Penn and there's literally people walking around in business suits. And I'm talking like, wow. I'm in my sweats going to class as a pre-law yeah. student. The nurses are in their scrubs and stuff, whatever. But the business kids would always be walking around in suits. I'm like, what exactly do you have to have a suit? Like, I didn't even own a blazer, I don't think, at this point. Like, I didn't own any professional clothing. So I'm like, there's nothing in my day-to-day or even in, like, my extracurriculars in college that warrant me to be walking around like campus it was, it was like new yeah i had never seen it was this. like they were pre- they're preparing themselves for who they wanted to be and where they wanted to be exactly and they were doing on-campus recruiting yeah. like they, and they were starting this months into school i'm yeah. like how what and i'm like nobody told me any of this like what's going on and i would ask the warden kids and they like to gatekeep the warden kids are gatekeepers yeah. and they're very yeah. protective of you know they're in warden and if you're in another college and you're asking them about oh what are you doing what's this what internship are you applying to they're very hush hush gatekeep very elitist very mm-hmm. yeah so i went like three years of just doing my pre-law thing i was like okay like the business stuff is not for me like whatever i'm pre-law um and then I found out that, like, keep in mind, pre-law, I'm doing, like, unpaid internships. Like, I'm interning for the public defender's office. I'm doing expungements at legal clinics. Like, I'm doing all this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, free labor every summer just to have, like, internships. Like, first summer, like, at the end of freshman year, people were all chatting, like, hey, what are you doing this summer? Are you staying in Philly? Do you have an internship in Philly? I said, internship. And I called my mom. I said, mom, everybody else has an internship in Philadelphia this summer and I, or like New York and I don't have anything. I, what am I supposed to do? Like, I got to yeah. figure it out. And I was like, when did you guys even apply to internships? Because nobody talks about it when they're applying. These people had applied months 
months in before advance. the end of the school year. Then at the end of the school, they're like, oh, by the way, are you going to be here? Yeah. And I'm like, what? So I literally had to like, this is when I first learned the lesson of um, networking and connections. We'll come back mm-hmm. to that later. But yeah. I went home and to California, my mom was like, just come home. We'll figure it out here. Because she just wanted me to come home yeah, for the summer. Yeah, yeah. So I went home and they literally, like, I literally emailed my mock trial coach from high school because I was like, you're a lawyer. Can I do your paperwork or something? I just need an internship. internship. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I actually know a guy who runs like a legal like program. And that's how I got the, to the public defender's office. That program was for law school students, but I got in as a freshman yeah. in college because of just asking. Um, so that was just like the environment yeah. that I was in when I got to college. It was very much intense, very much business focused. And when I found out that these Wharton kids and business kids were literally making, these people were making like $20,000 almost every summer doing these like wow. banking internships. I had never seen, wow. touched any like great amount of money like that in my life. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that there's like 20 year olds running around, the ones making in the businesses are making so much money every summer just because they're doing business. Yeah. So it's so it's like in a in a sense like you kind of had to it's it's just so interesting like when you put yourself in a place of like position and cuz what you're talking about like my story is very similar to that too like you know what's college I'm hearing people talk about college. So I need to be where they're yep. being. I don't I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't yep. know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Exactly. So after three years of just doing like pre-law stuff, I started thinking and I was like, okay, everybody else knows something I don't. Everybody else is like, it's like Mm -hmm. everyone else is in on a secret or something that I don't know about, right? My parents were immigrants. They did their best in like telling us like doctor, lawyer, engineer, because they were thinking about solid careers. You go to grad school, you have a degree, you have money, like you're making money in like a way like they're like, if something happens in the world, you'll still have your job type of thing. Like they always think from a place of like scarcity and like disaster and if yeah. something happens, will you be okay? It's a lot of so, pressure. Yeah, so bless them. That's how come they're thinking of that. But I'm like, these kids that grew up with all this privilege, none of them are talking about the careers I'm talking about. So by my junior year, I was like, okay, I know I wanna go to law school in the future. Like I know that this is something I wanna do. However, if I get an internship like everybody else, why not? Like, yeah. you know, why don't I do an internship like the rest of them? Yeah. So now that you're like in this career path and you've kind of highlighted like talking about your parents and like how they wanted you to kind of stick to kind of one type of thing. What was the most difficult decision you've had to make to to follow your dreams? And are you still having to make those difficult decisions? Um, I think something that's difficult. It's interesting to even put it like this, but I think like disappointing your parents, it's mm-hmm. like, I know a lot of people look at it and they're like, that, like you're doing great in life. Like that's not a disappointment. But when your parents have a very strict, um, you know, path that they want to yes. see you on and you're kind of like figuring life out on your own, especially after they have a first child who does it by the books, like by their books. And then here I am like, mm, not ready to go to school yet. Mm, yeah. I'm going to get another job. Yeah. Mm, like, you know, like just like those conversations where I'm like, I already decided I'm going to do what I want to do, but having to break the news to them. And it's like, they're so like, they're like, it's like disappointment because I know it comes from a place of like fear and like worry that I won't go to school. But like, I'm like, I see that like a whole nother world here on the East coast. Like I've just seen so much in like going to school and like working with these people. I'm like, there are people that will make far more than I will ever make in my life that did not even get a graduate degree. You know, wow, just by yeah. like who they yeah. know and what they connections are yes. very connections are very important and privilege is 
privilege is a very real thing and like even when you were talking about like you had to reach out to to find people of color to email to kind of put you on game like what was that like because that's a that's a feel that's that's pretty not even pretty it's predominantly white yeah so what was that search like like trying to find the right mentor trying to find the right person and like have you had to have been that person for yourself like what how was that experience? Because I can't even imagine like trying to find a black person on Wall Street or even a person of color on Wall Street to mentor me. Right. It's it's definitely you have to put the work in. It's not something that's just yeah. gonna fall into your lap. And there's a lot of younger people that I work with that are also people of color at the bank, and I'm always telling them, like, do you have a mentor? Do you have someone yeah. where something goes wrong, you can go to them and they will listen, like, or they can give advice or they can help. And some of them are like, no, there's not that many here. I'm like, that's not mm. how it works. They're not going to find you. Some, I don't get me wrong. There are programs like you know they have like the Black Analyst, a Black yeah. Analyst Initiative, where they have like you know the Black lawyers and like the Black bankers who are older who try to host events for the younger people. But it's up to you to show up. Yeah, and not just show up, but like meet people, and then after you make that initial connection, set up the coffee chat. Yeah, and after you do that first coffee chat, two months later set up another one like you know you have to like put the work in yourself because and sometimes like you won't click with everybody there's so many people you won't click with and then there's another thing that i've learned not all your mentors are going to look like you like you will find the unlikeliest mentors and the most interesting people that's very true just because you were taught like you went to that conversation there's when i first started on wall street there was something called like the md which is managing director like connectivity chats and it was like, it was quarantine. I started during the pandemic. So like I was just signing up for the Zooms. It's very low effort for me. I just have to sit there and listen and ask a question. But I wanted to hear about some of these lawyers' yeah. lives. Like, how did you get here? You've been at the bank. Like, you're high up at the bank. What was the path, you know? So I yeah. went to one of those. And there was this Indian man. Or like, he looked Indian. Like, he, yeah. And he yeah. had studied like math or something. I don't know. There was like, we were just, there was not many similarities going, right? Yeah. And then at the very end, he starts, he really keeps like, like, I'm the only black person on the call. And he keeps talking about Black Lives Matter. This is near the time um, when the George Floyd, like, the, like all of that was going on. So he keeps talking about Black Lives Matter and how he's really involved mm-hmm. in that. And I was like, is this, is, is this because I'm on the call, like, what's going on? But then it turns out this Indian man is literally from, like, um, the islands, like, one of these Caribbean islands that has an Indian population. Like, his whole family's a Caribbean. Like, he's been to, like, parts of Africa. I'm like, oh, (laughs) you know? And then that, like, after that, like, I set up a time, because that was, like, a group setting on Zoom. And then when I got in the office, I set up time again. Like, hey, like, I really love to, like, hear about everything you had to say in that call, like, that we had. Yeah, and, like, yeah. boom, every now and then we would just have calls, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, going out of your way to just meet people, I think, Definitely. is number one. Yes, like, you have to try to find the few that look like you. Whenever yes. they hire a new black person on the floor, I know there's only a few of us. So if I ever see one that's I've never met before, I go up to them. You have to. I'm like, Hi. Are you, you new? <laughs> you, you, no, no, you have to. And I think I think it's really good that, you know, with your mentor and like him and like him being on the phone talking to you about Black Lives Matter and stuff, I think it's I think it's very like important to be just a little bit skeptical to make yeah. sure that you're not being tokenized yeah. in certain spaces. Yeah. That's oh, that's always like it's bad, but like you have to think of you, you have to you think that way. You have I to. always think that way. I'm like, why is like what 
what is this right now? Because some people will literally like in today's world, you see it on commercials, you see it in TV, you see it a lot of times where people are literally hiring more diverse people to seem a little bit more inclusive and to see a little bit more diverse. Right. So when someone is very genuine and approaches you in a genuine way, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it kind of catches you off guard. Um, So what has been your experience as a black woman on Wall Street? Have have there been moments where you've felt completely isolated or alone in your own experience? Right. I think being a black woman on Wall Street, but also starting the job during the pandemic Mm. when everything was virtual. I literally started July 2020. So it was like in the middle of it. Fresh. Yeah. In the middle of it. So not only was like I one of the only black people, but everything was also just on Zoom. It was Mm. just on Zoom. So, like, my job was, like, ten times harder just due to, like, the lack of, like, just human connection, first of all. And I'm black. (laughs) And I'm one of the only black people. So not only was it, like, this is intense, like, this is hard, like, you have to know when to speak up. But, like, do I call them? Do I ping them? Like, how do you navigate this? But then it's also, like, oh, my God, like, there's barely any black people. I'm pretty sure I'm the first black person my team specifically has hired like in the history wow. i don't know in the hit like in the history at least yeah not the first black higher up but the first black analyst i'm pretty sure so like at my level like everyone's like you know you're the first one like in the years past like it was always like a white guy from long island yeah so now i'm like working with lawyers and they're used to like hanging with their bro or whatever and then here i am black girl who did criminal justice work like came yeah. in here like i'll call things out if i need to like and that's i know good. that's my personality that's good but it though. was like okay like how do we navigate like being true to myself but also like you know i gotta make these connections and stuff so it was definitely like difficult in the beginning but it got to the point where i was like it's like you have imposter syndrome almost and then you also still have that weight on your shoulders where it's like damn i'm the first black person like i better do well because they're not about to hire another black person (laughs) after this if if i don't don't, do well if you don't do well and like it's you you kind of have to be a shark in there you really do and it's hard because like people will sit up and try to really invalidate your experience and try to invalidate what you're doing so that constant i can't even imagine the constant strain of being on wall street being a black person black first off black woman because like there are women that work there white women that work there but you have you have your womanhood and then you also have your race right and it's like even like i'll take it to tiktok but like i remember when i first started making the vlogs and like in the beginning like you know you, you're at a new job yeah. when i started going to the office is when i made the first one because i was actually complaining that they made us go into the office so early yeah. we've been going into the office since like june 2021 which is months before yeah. most companies yeah, had yeah, people yeah. return to office and we were in four times a week so my first vlog was complaining and it's funny because i didn't have that many followers i used to do restaurant reviews before that like when i would travel I, and go I to love, restaurants i love the wall i love the wall Street <laughs> thank vlog. you and it literally started because i was like oh my god they're making us go in the office yeah. and i was complaining and then i went to work and it was one of my first few days at work and I looked at my phone and I said, oh, what is going on? Like the app was crashing. And I said, oh my God, the video, people saw the video. And then I got nervous because You're I was like, like, I don't want to lose my job right now. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like I hope like I yeah. did. And then I watched it back. Like I hope I didn't say anything bad. Um, but that's how it started. You but really don't say anything. I no, literally I'm, sat I'm there. Very, yes. I'm, I'm, I have to be very, yeah, Strategic. it's filtered. It's yeah. very, very filtered. I have literally, there's no opinions about my job on, the, the, on yeah, TikTok yeah, because yeah. I can't, like that's just not, I don't work in an industry where that's yeah. allowed. So I have to tiptoe and that's okay. But sorry, back to the point. 
when I first started making the vlogs in the beginning, I would get ready and be cute, whatever. And then like eventually I was like, I'm not doing my hair every day to go to work. So I wouldn't curl it. I would just brush it out and like go. And it would be people in the comments like, why don't you curl your hair? Why don't you do your hair? Like you need to straighten your hair. I'm like, oh. And that's like crazy because never would you ever see a white girl doing her little day in the life vlogs and hopping out the shower with wet hair and going to work. Yeah. Would they ever comment, you didn't curl your hair. Or your hair is wet. But it's also like, I think the simple fact, is it, I don't, okay, is it mostly like our people that are making yeah. comments? Yeah, because they it's not to, somebody else. Because it's not. They, they, that same, same thing with me whenever I do like my luxury TikToks. It's because like they want you to continue to assimilate into yeah. that culture. They're like, if you're going to be on Wall Street, you do need it to right. Do it right. You need to have the straight hair. You need to look like the people. And then, you know, I think your body keeps the score. Your mind keeps the score and stuff. And that is very taxing. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm like, okay, not only do I have to show up to work, have these people come to work. Like, you have to perform for other yeah, people. You got to perform because you're that black person. So make sure you look good, too, while you're there. Make sure your your shoes are nice. Make sure your, your purse is nice, nice. Your hair is nice. Make sure you got your makeup on. Don't you just come here looking like anything if you're going to be the black girl on Wall Street, yeah. which is crazy. Yes, yeah. and I, and, I, and the, the crazy thing, though, I think about working in a field like that, too, it even comes down to what you are wearing yeah. as a black woman, to be completely honest, because for whatever reason, I think the, with the media and like the perception of how black women are perceived in the media, I oftentimes feel like black women, compared to our white counterparts, anything that we wear oftentimes seem like too much. Yeah. We could wear we could wear a body hugging dress that touches our ankles. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like too. Yeah, it's it's too not much. Not a body con to work. Yes, yes, no, yes. I'll be walking through like the lobby, and I, I always like I love like outfits. I love like yes, the little like fashionable. you know. Yeah. I love it. So whenever I'm at work, I actually like put little outfits together in my head based on what I see in the lobby, and sometimes I'm shocked. Yeah. Cause I'm like, hold on, they're do they they're no they're, one's saying anything. I'm like, no way, you guys are wearing this to work. So I'm looking around like, so that's okay. So this is okay, and it's stuff like I would never like think of like wearing. But I'm like, okay, you wearing your purple skirt? I'm gonna bring my red skirt. Yeah, <laughs> next yeah, week, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Bright colors and stuff, and like they like. Thankfully, like they wear sneakers now, like that became a thing. So yeah. best to leave. I'm putting on my jeans and my sneakers and the a forces. little blazer. Yeah, whipping out the forces. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's it, it's so heavy because I think as a black woman, you have to kind of like mentally train your like it's the things that I think about, the things that you think about, your counterparts are not thinking about. Never. And and ignorance is so blissful. Like it it really is. Yeah. And carrying that weight is a lot. So in these moments, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot deeper moments than just like clothing and hair and stuff. How do you find balance in moments of adversity or in feelings of not belonging? Like, right. is, is there ever a time where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Having thoughts recently, like, I don't understand. I'm like pursuing this legal career and legal work is very like based on where you work. And I'm yeah. a little like damn like i would like to live outside of this country but yes, if i pursue yes. this career that's gonna be it's like why am i spending money on a law degree if i don't want to use it or i can't use it in another country um so there's it's a, a lot of thoughts it's a, it's a lot and, and life is so up in the air with everything that's that's going on i think there's a couple things i actually did now that we're on the conversation about finances and stuff that i did want to talk to you about when it mm -hmm. comes to finance um I think, like, for many people, especially black people, um, 
it's really hard for us to, to explain like the history of black people on wall street and the limitation of black wealth and dreams for many black people why is it important for black people to have financial literacy or at least some type of financial understanding yeah i can't stress this enough like like i said when i got to penn like not only was like the Wharton thing yeah. and everyone pursuing business like a very big like shock to me like I wasn't understanding but like then understanding like what families these people came from like this is not just like a generational like, wealth it's generational wealth and people don't understand that generation life insurance is also a form yes. of generational wealth yes. and and black people can get on life insurance easy and these are just things people don't talk about god bless yeah. tiktok because like i've been seeing like the life yes. insurance videos and i'm like yes. thank god this has so much engagement because yes. that means so many people who probably had never heard of these things have now like have access to this mm -hmm. type of thing um but no like financial literacy like even at penn by the time i got to senior year like there is a black professor at that school that has that literally created like a financial literacy class like as an elective and like we were literally in there learning about 401ks roth ira like had compound investing like compound interest i mean like what like and i was like okay i haven't heard about some of these things like yeah. in life you know but like someone coming in there and telling you max out your roth ira every year you know like what who, I don't what? even know what that is. Dude, like, I'm learning just from talking like, to you right now. No, like there was just there was just so much that I was exposed to at Penn and then then working in this industry because they have like these passing like it'll be like passing comments, right? And they all but they're all it's like a different language that they're all like hip to. They all know yeah, what they're yeah, talking yeah. about. Because their parents are talking to them about it. Their yes. parents are setting them setting them up with it. Um it Ooh. Yeah, like the Roth IRA, for example, is literally like they're whenever they're like, you want to be a millionaire by the time you retire. It's literally like you put six, you max out your Roth IRA. It's like an investment fund. Like you, it can like track like the what the S and P five hundred or something. Yeah. I don't know the details, but like all I know is they told me to do it, and I was doing it. But you put money <laughs> in there, like six thousand dollars is the maximum you could put in every year, and then it's literally like an investment. So the money is growing, growing growing every year and by the if you keep maxing it out at a young age like what i'm 24 right now if i'm putting six thousand in there until i'm 60 something dude by the time i'm 65 and that money has been literally yeah co like collecting interest all of those years yeah that's how they're like by the time you're 60 something millionaire because all that money would have just been collecting for years and every year it's like oh that's six thousand yeah. dollars that she put in there but like yeah and these are things that they're talking about and that they're doing from such a young age. And they're like, and like in the class that I took, they it's kind of like gatekeeping. Like, yes. And why don't the rest of us know about it? Like, why is nobody they don't talking want us about to. it? Like it had to be a black professor at the, at Penn who was like, this is something that's needed. This is something yeah. that's needed. And like the different types of uh, retirements account, the right retirement accounts and just stuff like that. Like, and the thing is, it's all about exposure it's not the hardest thing in the world to know. Like, yes, I probably butchered the explanation of a Roth IRA, but I do know that, okay, put $6,000 in here every year, choose what it tracks, and it yes. makes money. Yes. And that's enough. To, if yes. that's making me money, what? Like, that's yes. making future me. That's way more than a lot of people would even know, you know? High interest savings accounts. Like, high yield savings accounts. Like, like 
there was um before the pandemic like marcus by goldman sachs literally had like this savings account like if you have like wells fargo or something yeah savings account collects like what 0.01 percent interest every year it's like pennies or something yeah yeah these high yield savings accounts you put your money in there with like one of these big banks like marcus yeah dude the percentage it was two percent interest yeah like you would be making two percent interest on that savings account wow what why is no one talking about putting your money in that why are people holding money in like a well spargo that 0.01 percent when there's accounts i mean i think marcus is now back down to it's like at one percent but like still yeah one percent is much more money you put like if you have like a chunk of money that's just like for your savings yeah that's like having it in wells fargo is like the same as having it under the mattress or something yeah. no shade to wells fargo at the normal banks but like that's the same thing versus knowing what a high yield savings account is you put like ten thousand dollars in there even if it's collecting a hundred dollars every now and then that's way more money than yeah. you would have had you know it's just yeah. all of these little things it's just there's just so, so many Im- small things that people that can change are, your life change your life and even if it's like by incremental amounts hey money mm-hmm. is money money is money exactly and you you feel like this type of information should be like common knowledge for for black people it should i just don't I, it's like it blows my mind and it, like when i first got to uh college i talk about pen a lot because i think pen like really like it shaped, shaped you it raised it you shaped everything not raised you it groomed you it, yes it groomed you. i would not be here today if i never applied literally went against my parents wishes went to that school and i was it was the biggest culture shock because everybody like, keep in mind these people like these parents the the students at pen their parents are like are people running these banks on wall street type of thing like there's wow, so many celebrities kids wow. that go there like yeah. one of the stranger things kids is now in wharton he literally is wow. like went, oh got into pen he's in wharton and you listen you hear things like you hear things word word of mouth like yes you think i knew what the hamptons or or martha exactly or ex- ex- exactly like i don't the the east coast school system is completely different like even when I went to American University, not even trying to like discourse the conversation, you know, I grew up with a mom that was struggling really bad. I grew up homeless, you know, so it's just like I'm going to go to college. I didn't even visit my college, didn't, didn't tour my college. I just I just showed up yeah. at that place and just listening to these wealthy Caucasian kids yes. talking about what's going on at these internships and what's going on with them. Because the time that I was at school, my school had less it was like less than three percent student of color student of, of color, color of they color put them all in the same of, of color and that exposure is so important like you said i like you cannot stress enough you have to listen you have to falter you have to kind of make moves you yeah, just not just listen but take it in take, take the information in and do something with and it. do something if i with just it. watched all those kids who were walking around in their suits and was like, oh, that's nice. Wonder what they're doing. Uh-uh. I you got to be curious. I'm, I was saying that you got to act on the curiosity, too. Yes. I said, there's no way I'm going to find useful information and then not do something about it or do something with yes. it. Or at least try. Yes. It, it wasn't for me when I got there, and that's fine. But yes. I, it literally, but that has now, like, butterfly effect. That's why I'm here now, right? And, like, when I choose to go to law school one day, they're going to be like, oh, wow, you worked in Wall Street. Like, you know? Yep. Like, I can't, I always think back and I'm like, if I were to have gone straight through to school, there's just so much that would be so different. So I'm like, God bless my parents, but I'm very happy that I did it my own way. And like, it's my, at the end of the day, it's my life. (laughs) Yes. And look at you now. I think it all worked out. And what are their comments now today? I mean, my mom's like, when are you going to school? But, (laughs) 
but my dad is like he's on the phone with everyone like my daughter she works on wall street and they're like yes, oh my, my god she works on Wall. you know she lives in new york she works on wall street <laughs> i said here's the guy who was asking me how much pen costs in the beginning like and please. that's a that's a that's that's a big accolade that's something huge to be a part that's something huge for you to be proud of and the simple fact that you are just in your early 20s and this is the start and then you're about to to level up some more in life there's so much more to come so much more to come so last thoughts what is some advice you could give to possibly the little girl that's listening to this or possibly the girl that's debating whether or not she wants to get in wall street or you know the little girl that probably doesn't necessarily feel confident because you're someone that completely exudes confidence like you really do. Oh my god, that's so sweet for you to say. No, I have like I'm the worst serious. social anxiety. Stop! <laughs> it, but you, you you display it so well because I would have never thought that. Oh my god, thank you. Um, but no, for me, I think even when I had like a YouTube channel, like the biggest like thing that I always, always, always repeated was like just don't be afraid to try. Like you see something, go for it. Go. For because there's so many things that like if I, it's like shoot your shot at life basically yes. like literally shoot your shot and at shoot life high. and like literally aim high shoot for the stars like Penn is an Ivy League no one from my high school is talking about Ivy Leagues me and one other boy one Asian boy are the only people from my entire high school that went to an Ivy League my year like back in twenty what yeah. was it twenty sixteen yeah wow so, so many people didn't even apply and wow. I promise you there were people that were much much smarter more than qualified me. yeah more qualified better grades but god's cooler. timing is different listen and it's like they just didn't shoot the shot if i never listened to like that kid who was always talking about pen and retweeting those pictures like my, when we were freshmen in high school if i didn't be like hmm the curiosity he, he always talking about that school let me apply oh my god fun fact that kid who was always talking about pen he didn't go to pen we like fell off after freshman year because he switched schools why does he work with me at the bank Wow. From California to New York, we now work at the same company and we have like lunch together and stuff. Is that not yes, crazy? It is like, crazy. Our paths have like realigned, but like never would have happened if I never like shot for the stars or just tried something new. Dude, move across the country. Like I left my family. That's a scary thing. Whenever I talk to people here, because I'm trying to go back to California. Listen, the snow's not for me. I love New York. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But you want but something I'm, different. I'm, I got to go back. You know, yes. I like, love the sunshine. I love the beach too much. But Whenever I've talked to people here, or like people that have lived in the same place their whole lives, I'm like, you never like been curious like about you know, something else, something, something different. different. But some people, some people don't. Um, I truly do believe that some people have never seen anything different. Like yes. I was reading Viola Davis book and she said oh something my God, that I just was bought that for my mom. Girl, it's so powerful. She said something in the book along the lines of um, my her sister had lived with a different fa- her sister had lived with their grandmother, I believe, and she had came home and she they you know Viola Davis talks about living like in poverty, like there would be rats coming through the cupboard to the point where they can't even like they they were afraid to move, like right. they would be infested with pee just from peeing in the bed all the time, oh my and gosh. she said. She had never saw anything different. And she said her 13-year, her big sister came and said, Viola, you don't have to live like this. You can have you can have so much more. And she says something in her head completely clicked. So if you can expose yourself, you need to expose yourself and you need to take it and you need to run. And if, you right. fe- and if you're not feeling at it, then you ain't doing it you're right. You're not trying. You're not trying. And that's, again, why I love TikTok. You would think, like, I'm sponsored or something, but I love TikTok because there's so yes. many things that I open my phone, I'm scrolling. You know how many careers 
that I've seen on there that I have never heard about, yes. never seen. I'm like, and people are like, how did you do this? There goes the person like, oh, so I studied this and I did this and I applied this. I, I applied to this. I did this internship. So much information. Like I watched, I'm like, I'm settled. If I, like I know what I want to do and stuff, but I'm watching those videos. I'm like, so how did they do that? How did they get Yes, there? yes. I'm just, oh, it's curiosity. You have to have the curiosity, yes. but you also have to have the confidence and believing yourself to that you can accomplish that. At lunch today, like, I was sitting by the water, and I'm looking out, and I see this family. <laughs> like, I see this woman on the front of this boat, and her husband is driving the boat. And it's, what, what day is it? it? Like, Wednesday afternoon? Yes, it's you're like, like me. It's Wednesday at 3 p.m., and she laid on the front of the boat. Her husband's driving it. You're like, that's going to be me I in the said, Hamptons. and look at that. Mm-hmm. I said, and look at that. And why should I look at that and see that and be like, oh, that can never be me. I wish. No, I'm that gonna, will I'm, be me. I'm gonna figure it out. Yes, I'm gonna figure it out. Yes. I just, I just think it's really just about the curiosity, not being afraid, like just having the confidence in yourself. And even if you fail, get up. Like, <laughs> get no, up for and real. try again. I sucked at investment banking. I was not good at that. I was pre-law, never did math. Like, yeah. but I, I got there. I got in the room. I got yeah. it. I got it on my resume. Yeah, you know. So. I really do think that's what it is. Like just believing in yourself, like and having a support system, having the people around you. I do think that my friends and the people around me, remember when I mentioned the girl who was pre-med, but she did banking and she started sending me job listings. She said, why don't you look at this? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what she's like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And I could have looked at that and been like, nah, for me. Yeah. Dude, I tried. I yes. said, thanks, girl. And now these are like the same. I have the same friend group. Like we all like whenever there's something that we can put each other on to, we're sending it around. We're putting each other on. Like mm-hmm. we travel together. Like and we're like, that's this so is powerful. just the beginning. This, and that's the, powerful. Like, and we're trying to lift each other up because it's like, yes, you can take on the world by yourself. Yeah. And you can try. But like if you something happens, you need a village, you need a then team. What? You need a team. Right. Like imagine I had my parents being like, don't go, don't do that, XYZ. But I'm looking over here and all my friends are doing it. Like all my friends are figuring it out. Yes. I said, hold on, because I see I've seen everyone around me. They can do it. And if I can't figure it out, like I was like, hmm, I need to find a job. There's people like, oh, there's something at my company. Oh, I talked to this person and they said XYZ. Like I have a friend who can't find an apartment right now. I have another, like one of my old coworkers can't find an apartment. He's struggling. His like old roommate cheated him, whatever, like left him stranded. I have another friend who's moving to Boston. He's like, damn, I'm looking for a subletter. Group chat. Hey. Boom. Connections. Connections is all about who you know and just being okay with being vulnerable, letting people know what you want, what you're curious in, like, you know, just shooting your shot with the right people. I know I say this, but then there's always like people who like I get stormed with the people like in my messages, like, please help me, please help me, please help me, please help me. And I'm like, I try to help as many people as I can, but it's so hard to do one on one. And you also you also have to protect your energy because some people want your energy too. That's that's early on and when I was doing the college advice in undergrad i would like help people with their college essays dude for free no and i would get on the phone and give advice but i was so young and i just wanted to help as many people as i could but it got so draining so fast yes and i'm like then then i started looking around i said hold on this information is everywhere you just have to look at it sometimes there's not always going to be that person to tell you do this do that do that but the information is out there take some notes yes, <laughs> take some no. notes and gather information from as exactly. many places as you can um but yeah i really do think that's what it is just being like just you can't be scared of life and you can't be complacent with where you yeah. are either you have to always want a little more not to the point of burnout because that's, that's been me very before, real but 
to the point of at least getting to the next step or something interesting. I just love like interesting things. I love trying new things. I yeah. I, I don't like to be in like the same place for a long time. I like you know. You so, like to switch it up. Yeah. And you, to, you have to be curious to like find yeah. the next thing. So You have to. Well, thank you so much Oops. for season one. I appreciate you being here. And do you have anything that's upcoming that you want to share? This will also be released at the end of summer. So okay. Anything upcoming that you'd like to share? Um, new job coming soon. Okay. Like, also can't tell the details. But, yes. Um, we're leaving Wall Street, which okay. is crazy. Okay. But it's still finance, so it's not that. Yeah, it's not, not that, that crazy. It's not that, <laughs> not crazy. that crazy. I'll be sure to definitely link your TikTok below. If you're looking for someone that's motivational, someone that's inspiring to follow, please check her out because she's absolutely amazing. I think you'd be an amazing mentor. Oh, thank you so much. And guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I know, thank you. And uh, I wish you the best with the rest of your episodes. I'm so excited to listen to all the other ones yes. that are coming out. Yes, thank you so much. FOD.